This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to the Todd Republic Podcast, a weekly chat with Carolina Guzik about all things marketing. Some episodes are short tips that you can implement in your business right away, while others are in-depth conversations with industry leaders. Whether you're a new photographer searching for some knowledge or an established professional with years of experience, Carolina offers fresh and innovative advice that can help you transform your photography business. This episode is sponsored by The Art of Pinning, a self-paced Pinterest class for wedding and lifestyle photographers. If you are having a hard time driving traffic into your website or SEO is overwhelming you or the people that are visiting your website are not the kind of visitors, aka they're not converting into clients, then this class is for you. You can find more information at www.thetalkrepublic.com forward slash Pinterest or just follow the link in the notes. Now, enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Talk Republic. I am Carolina Gusik, your host, and today we have an amazing guest that I've been trying for so many days to get this podcast ready, and we have had some technical difficulties, but finally, it's happening. India, Errol, how are you doing today? So good. So happy to be here, and so happy that Zoom isn't stopping us this time. Oh, I know <laughs> that attempt. the technical difficulties of Zoom, but here we are. Yes, thank you so much for having me. No, 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 I'm super excited. So what about you? Tell us who you are and what kind of photography do you do? Yeah, so my name is India Earl, and I have been a couples photographer for about 12 years now. I actually started my business when I was 14. It's the only job I've ever had. <laughs> um, and I'm 26 now. So um, yeah, I've been photographing people for a really long time. And I specialize in couples primarily. And it's just been really fun. I used to be like specializing in weddings, and then it kind of moved to elopements. And now mo majority of my work is maternity and anniversary shoots, which is so special to me and so near and dear to my heart. So yeah, that's kind of what I do. And then um, besides photography itself, I also run an education platform for photographers and small business creatives that teaches people how to, um, you know, build, grow, scale their businesses um, with a lot of intention and it's a very holistic approach to education. So yeah, I do that as well. I love that. I have, I'm not going to ask them, but now I have so many questions about how you became a photographer at 14. So that has to be <laughs> definitely another podcast, but good for you. And I'm going to share this with my niece because she's 14. So maybe she'll find some inspiration. Yeah, here. <laughs> just get a camera. I started with just like one of those tiny point and shoot cameras that my mom used back like in the 90s that had a self-timer and yeah I just would take photos of myself and then I eventually started taking senior photos for my friends and people in my church and things like that and it just grew from there 
How cool. Well, today we're going to talk about a topic that it's maybe not so easy to discuss, right? We talk about the beauty of being, you know, a wedding photographer and how fun it is, or even a family photographer. But there is always another side to that, which is like we're dealing with people and not every single time we are going to click or we're going to have an easy, you know, kind of like experience. So today we're actually talking about conflict and how to, you know, deal with it in our business. So let's jump right into the mid of this and actually talk about or actually define what conflict is. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, for me, I feel like, I mean, over that many years, like over a decade now, I have learned a lot through trial and error. I've learned a lot through watching other people's experiences and connecting with my community. And then also just kind of being on the other side of the camera and being in the client's position, hiring a photographer and learning things that way as well. And I feel like one of the biggest like things that you can easily avoid in your business with, you know, conflict is, you know, client misunderstandings and mm -hmm. miscommunication. Anytime there is a misunderstanding or a client is upset or, you know, you didn't meet their expectations or, whatever it is, 99% of the time, it's the photographer's fault. Mm -hmm. And I feel like for years, I've seen so many people in like Facebook groups and stuff. I actually like left Facebook for a really long time because I just really hated seeing all of this in the different private photographers groups and things like that, that I was a part of people just complaining about their clients, having unrealistic expectations and being very upset with them when it's like, they don't know, like they don't know what to expect when hiring a photographer. That's your job to educate them. And I think so many photographers make assumptions about how the client is supposed to treat them and act and show up and just be in front of the camera when it's like, they have no idea. And if you've ever been on the other side of the camera, you know how, like, <laughs> I don't know, I feel just so self-conscious when I'm in front of the camera and I've been photographing people for years and years. And I know what makes a good photo and what doesn't, but like still, even when I'm on the other side of the camera, it's very nerve wracking. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really good to be on the other side of that process. Not only like you know, during the shoot, but also during the communication and like the hiring process of, you know, landing on someone's website, being taken through that customer journey, that client journey, all the way to reaching out and emailing and then going back and forth over calls and texts and things like that, all the way to delivery and beyond. Um, I think that a lot of times we just get so like stuck in repetition mm. with our work of being like, I'm showing up as the photographer. These are the clients. And like, my job is to take photos. And it's like, not really like your job is way, way more than that. And I think that where a lot of photographers miss the mark is just taking the time to educate their clients. And instead of focusing on like their egos being hurt or feeling like they were undervalued or questioned and um, not trusted by their clients. They get so focused on that and feeling bad for themselves and victimizing themselves that they don't focus on the solutions. They just think, oh, well, that client was crazy. They were upset. They treated me badly. Like, oh, well, I'll like, hopefully that never happens again. That's not my ideal client, which mm. is a whole thing in itself when it's like, no, like your ideal client is anyone that trusts you enough to hire you. It doesn't matter. hundred percent. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter where they're getting married or where their shoot is if you're not a wedding photographer I guess but um 
I feel like so many people get so stuck on being like, oh, well, like my ideal client would never treat me that way. And it's like, you know, you can craft your ideal client out of any client. You can craft that experience that you'll have with them from the get-go. From the moment they land on your website, that is an experience that you are both sharing. And that is going to greatly determine the way that your photos with them and your shoot with them turns out. Um, Like, I feel like whenever people or something that I've noticed over the years when I've taught other photographers is they'll be like, I feel like I always get my very best photos at shoots, like during the last five or 10 minutes. And it's like, yeah, because you've like, put in time with them and you finally like got them to a point where they feel comfortable and like kind of in a flow and everything like that. When it's like, you could be crafting that experience way be way before the shoot even starts. So instead of, you know, showing up with your camera and being like, okay, now the experience is starting. It should be starting way, way before, way before they even first initially email you. Um, that's when that education and that like, communication should begin and setting expectations from the get-go. So good. You mentioned two things that I think are super important. And I think that many times within the industry, they're either misinterpret or, or, or people really, it's almost like a toxic behavior, if I might say this, which is like, as you mentioned, you had an experience with a client X or Y, then you go into a Facebook group and then you get all these like positive reinforcement which is not positive it's just like people feeding you like yes you're right the client is wrong when in reality it's like hold on a second take a minute how could you have solved this situation what can you instead of like you know making it bigger or more dramatic than what it is what can you do to make sure that one the client understands what's happening what can you make it right for the client and I do understand that there is sometimes when you can just like absolutely you did your best and you can do anything else like There is times when you just like have to let it go and, you know, move on. But Mm -hmm. I believe that like this constant thing on Facebook groups, it's, it's really damaging for business. I also feel like anything in Facebook group is a red flag. It's like, oh, this client text me instead of email me. Red flag, he's not your ideal client. Oh, this client, you know, wants to meet with me for coffee instead of like just, you know, whatever. Oh no, that's a red flag. And I feel like so many red flags are actually they're not red flags they're just like yeah, part no. of doing business <laughs> it's just like what and as you mentioned this concept of this you know quotes of like ideal client that we have created that it's so narrowed down that it's like oh if mm-hmm. my client is not in their 20s doesn't like shit's creek and eat you know <laughs> matcha ice cream then that's not my client what how did it's we so get basic. here <laughs> yeah like this is insane <laughs> And yeah. the second thing that you mentioned, which is education, which I completely, you know, I'm all for it. And, you know, I'm constantly teaching that myself, but I feel like sometimes it can get really, really preachy, right? Like currently I'm actually, uh, I keep seeing these Instagram stories from, you know, an next person and they're constantly talking about getting ghosted and they're like, you don't ghost me. You're not my client. Like it, it's so negative the way they're approaching a solution that could be so easy to, you know, to approach and to talk about in your business that I also feel that that's not good for your business moving forward because people are watching you. They're seeing that and they're also taking notes and they're like, oh, if they're having that behavior with the current client, what's going to happen with me as a client? Are they going to treat me that way? Exactly. And I feel like it just creates more of a disconnect between like what you said, you and your future clients and prospective clients, because it's honestly just dehumanizing you. And I feel like so much of the educational part 
of being a photographer, setting those expectations is humanizing yourself and being like, Hey, like I'm a person, like something that I did that was huge for my business, which was so simple, um, was setting the expectation of my response time for emails and texts. So on my contact form before they can even fill out, it says, I like, you can expect a response from me within two business days, Monday through Friday, not on holidays. I only email between one o'clock and three o'clock each day. So if like you email me after that three o'clock time, like you can expect me to email back by one o'clock the next day or the next day after that. So that way I at least have that set in stone because I also don't really want clients that are going to be expecting me to like wait on them hand and foot, like texting them back immediately at any hour of the day, things like that. And so it automatically kind of weeds out those people that are a little bit like less laid back Mm -hmm. and um, want a little bit more attention from their photographer and involvement and engagement in like a quick response format. Like I'm just not that and that's okay. There's so many other photographers that are, but that's just like such a simple, easy way for me to like make the entire experience for myself as a photographer better. And it makes the client's experience better because then they don't think that I'm ignoring them. They just know that like, oh, she only does emails like for like an hour or two a day. So if I emailed her on Friday, I'll get a response by Tuesday. And that's like just an example of being like, oh, like focusing so much on like how much doing emails suck. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you get like double emails from people being like, hi, just following up. I don't know if you got my last email. Like that doesn't make you feel good. It makes you feel like you're failing them when you probably have so many other things going on in your life where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm like wearing all the hats in my business and I'm juggling all these different roles in my personal life and my business life. Like, I'm sorry, I didn't get back to your email. Like it's so easy to put all the blame on someone else when you're frustrated like that. Mm -hmm. But if you just think about it from like, okay, how can I like find a solution out of this rather than like, focus so much on the negative problem, then you'll actually be able to move forward and get somewhere. Um, So I think there's just so many little things that we can do like that in our businesses to help craft that like clear communication between you and your client. Like I remember the first thing that I noticed back in the day with Facebook groups was people being so frustrated that their clients would ask them for the raw images. Mm. They would get so offended. And it's like, why? Like, (laughs) why do you think they asked that? Like, tell them why they shouldn't ask that if you don't want them to tell them like the reasoning behind it and how it could like devalue your work or something like that. The rules that could go along with it, you know, attach a price to it if you want, or just like, who cares? It's not that big of a deal. Like people just focus so much on the problem and not the solution and how to apply that. Like whenever I go into wedding days, if I show up into a situation like say the reception and it's really not well lit, like it's really dark. There's only like one set of string lights. They only have like the purple disco DJ Mm -hmm. ball lights going off. Like I'm not thinking like, Oh man, this sucks so bad. It's more so like, Oh, this is a really good example of photos that I could show to future clients to show them, Hey, this is what your photos will look like. If you don't have enough of this, you know, iridescent lighting or whatever, like this is the way that you can solve this and make your photos look more dreamy and glowy and bright and have clearer faces and photos. So I don't have to use my flash and be distracting while people are giving speeches or you're doing your first dance. Like look at it from that perspective rather than like, oh, this sucks. So I'm always like writing down little notes on wedding days and during shoots of being like, how could I like have prepared my clients 
to avoid this situation in the future. Absolutely. Like asking questions. I feel like we as photographers, sometimes we don't ask questions, right? We, we get the booking and we're like, yeah, super excited. And then, you know, six, eight months down the road, it's like, oh, it's wedding day. And we know nothing about what's actually going to happen. And then we showed up and it's like, we get annoyed by no knowing when in reality, well, that's your job, you know, ask yeah. questions, you know, figure it out. I had a podcast episode with Daniel and he actually mentioned, be a student of your clients. That's what you need to become. You need to become a student of your clients. And as you mentioned earlier, uh, set expectations. Uh, I think that you, they don't know what they don't know, right? So like if they are used to communicating with their friends via text all the time, being available all the time, and they come into your business, most likely they're going to carry on that, you know, that behavior. But it's up to you to be like, hey, I really appreciate you. You know, you email me, texting me, please note it that these are my business hours, right? Absolutely. And again, not a big deal, right? It's not like, oh, this client is so needy. Well, they don't know. They're needy in their personal lives. They're just carrying on that, try, you know, that, characteristic with them and then again I do feel like I am not shy of having a hard conversation with my clients and I know that a lot of photographers struggle with that uh, first of all I think that as an advice you don't need to be confrontational but if there is something right. that is not working you do need to address it so like you can come with a solution right and right. one example of this for uh, I had these clients they wanted like beautiful beautiful daylight photos right that's like my my main thing is like daylight you know wedding mm -hmm. but obviously at some point the date gets you know tonight and the way that they had it set up was like the ceremony was actually was going to be at night I mean the the, the, the yeah the ceremony so like I had to like actually get on the phone with them and be like guys I understand this is your day you can do whatever you want but if you want these beautiful photos either you're gonna have to do a first look or we need to come with a solution because it's gonna be night by the time this is done Right. Was it an easy conversation to have? Mm, not really. I mean, it wasn't that difficult, but it was like, you know, kind of like challenging a little bit the client, right? And then obviously they make a decision, but once the decision is made, at least you did, you know, you, you, you had the conversation with that. You make yeah. sure that you set the expectations and all that. So then you don't have a client that is not happy because you're not delivering what they were expecting. Yes. Exactly. And I feel like, you know, when you get into those situations where like the misunderstanding has already happened and there's conflict and contention, that's when like you need to just set aside your ego and think about, all right, what's going to be better for my business as a whole moving forward? Like, is it like me winning and feeling like I'm walking away from this conversation with my client feeling right? Because I also feel misunderstood or do I just take this as a learning lesson, give them what they want, and then like move forward and educate my clients, like moving up, moving on after this. Um, and I feel like whenever that does come up, like when you do have to have that confrontational talk with them, you like, again, humanize yourself, open up the conversation and be like, Hey, I'm so sorry. I feel like I like definitely did things wrong and I don't want to make like anyone else feel like this. Um, but I also want to hear things from your perspective. So that way I can do my best to fix this rather than being like, Hey, no, it's your fault, blah, 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 blah. Um, and 
again, like I said at the beginning, like 99% of the time, like client conflicts are going to be your fault because you didn't set expectations. And there's the 1% of just like crazy people. <laughs> that like Maybe you didn't catch their red flags or something beforehand. And we've all been there before. But I think a lot of times, like you don't even need to like, you know, get on the phone with them and do a call with them to be confrontational beforehand of being like, Hey, like your ceremony is going to fall like during the nighttime hours. And, you know, you hired me because you've been attracted to this type of work and these types of photos. And if like you want that, we need to make sure we carve out some time for it. Like you don't always have to get on the phone for things like that. I recommend to my like photographer students to create a client guide because then you can just write everything out you don't have to get on the phone you don't have to talk to them it just automatically sends to them with their contract and they can read through it and they can read through okay like how should I face my ceremony for the best lighting with like photo examples or oh like what kind of like venues can I book and like here's some vendor recommendations and here's ways that I can like save some money and you know oh I'll make sure that my room for that I'm getting ready in on the morning of my wedding is like clean and tidy and I have some natural light things like that are really easy to lay out and communicate um and just send over because then there doesn't even need to be that confrontational um you know situation like they just read it and they're like okay great and you've done your due diligence of like educating them and setting those expectations. So, you know, when you show up, you've done all that you can. And at that point, you're just there to make the best photos that you can and hold space for them in the best way that you can. And if the photos don't turn out the way that they had envisioned, then it's going to be on them. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. Good. Let me ask you something, uh, because, uh, Yes to everything that you said. I do believe uh, I'm a little bit more hands-on with my clients. So I do send right. kind of like all this kind of like blog posts, you know, when we talk about these things. But then I also, I send a questionnaire for the wedding and then I plan the timeline, you know, with the answers they give me. And then if I see that the timeline is not kind of like matching with their expectations, I do believe that it is important to actually address the conversation oh, and, not be, sure. and not be like well I did send a blog post I don't know if they read it or not that's up yeah. to them and one thing that I recommend and I don't know if you do this with your students is like if I have a phone conversation with a client when we're talking about something that is very particular or something that could be perceived as hey this might be conflict in the future do you follow up with an email being like hey as our chat earlier today, I mentioned that this will be better. You know, it's your wedding, you do whatever you want, but here are my recommendations. Do you do something like that? I, yeah, I, I'm very type A and I'm kind of like, I, I'm like, I wanted to be a lawyer before. So like, I want to make sure that everything <laughs> is always in writing just in case. Cause I don't want them to be like, you never mentioned that. And then obviously not so bueno to just be like, oh, well, there is an email, but you know, there is always yeah. an email. <laughs> For sure. And yeah. So this is kind of like the workflow that I have that I do with all of my clients mm -hmm. is they email me and then I immediately set up a call with them. And on the call, we go over any of their questions about the pricing, any questions about the way that I shoot, about the logistics of their session or their wedding day that they want to go over with me. I ask them if they need any help with like planning and things like that. And I kind of approach it being like, this is probably your first time getting married. This is going to be probably like the 300th wedding that I've been to like I've kind of seen like what works and what doesn't work and what can like make your day like a lot more smooth and enjoyable or contentious and stressful so if you need any help with any of that let me know but here's my client guide and it covers 
like 99% of what you could even wonder and ask, and you can just kind of take it or leave it. Um, but this is what will help you get your best photos from this experience, because I know you're investing a lot in this and I know you want to get the best photos possible and you chose my work for a reason. So this will just kind of like further that experience. So I say it on the phone with them and then I immediately email it and text it to them. Good. So that way they have it in two places. And after they like hire me, I send the contract, they pay the invoice. I go into just texting with them actually, because I do also like to be hands-on, but mm-hmm. I am like much more type B, I guess, because <laughs> I'm like much more just messy and things like that. And I just want to be able to like voice text my clients back mm-hmm. and forth. And I tell them like, Hey, like, if you have any questions about this, like, feel free to just to voice text me. And then that way we can just talk back and forth, which to me is like a good way to humanize. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of things can be taken the wrong way over text. And so that's kind of nice. Cause I can also refer back to it later on if I need to, um, without it being a phone conversation and losing notes and things like that. So that's kind of how I've done it. And it's always worked out great. I don't feel like I need to step in more than I already do. And I always let them know, like, if you need anything else beyond this, like talk to me, like, let's hop on a call. I'm so happy to help you with this. Do you feel or have you experienced when you have a client, you know, let's let's go back to this like lighting situation, right? Mm-hmm. That you kind of like make suggestions. Do you feel, have you felt or have you experienced that they actually receive that in a very graceful way that they're like, oh my God, we didn't even think about it, about yeah. this. Thank you so much for pointing it out. Yeah. And for me, I have to show the photo examples mm-hmm. with it, which is why I do the guide because then I can lay out and be like, all right this is what your ceremony is going to look like if you do it at this time of day. This is what your ceremony is going to look at look like if you, you know, do it when there's sun half on your face and your partner's face is shaded, like everyone's eyes are going to be squinted versus like if you turn it 30 degrees this way and like showing all these photo examples over and over and over really helps them start to understand light quality and how to best plan their day for the best photos. And if they want to listen to it, great. If not, then they know exactly what the photos are going to look like that they're going to receive if they decide to not listen to it. So having the visual examples is huge for me because then it makes it so much easier for them to like click in their heads and Mm -hmm. be like, oh, that's why she's saying that because otherwise they can't really envision it unless they are also a photographer or experienced in working with light. (laughs) So you can actually, if you don't have a photo, you can actually have more resistant because then it could be like, well, I know best. I know better than her. So like, at least with the photos, like this is it. These are, you know, the facts. So you choose what you want. And like a big thing that I cover in my guides is I tell them like, sometimes like the best background does not make for the best photos. It's Mm. always going to be the best light is going to make the best photos. So, you know, you can have this epic backdrop, but if the lighting is crap, then your photos aren't going to look good. It's not going to look the way you imagine. So much of it is based around the time of day and the direction and things like that. And so a lot of it is based on that. So that way they have that expectation of being like, okay, like, even though I have this, like in my head of wanting a background for the photos like it might not actually look that good like it'll look really harsh or contrasted or shadowy and instead of you know soft and glowy like the original thing that attracted me to your work in the first place so 
yeah, having visual examples is just like further ways to prove what you're trying to say in a very gentle way. And yeah, again, if they want to take it, then great. And if not, you've already done your due diligence and um, that expectation is set. So once they receive their gallery back, they're not going to be like, hey, can you re-edit this? Or like, can you make me look a little bit like this or something like that? Um, they'll already kind of know what questions they can and cannot ask. Have you been in a position where you're like, actually, let's say at, at a wedding or at a shoot and they're like so set into, let's say, photographing here. And then you're like, yeah, that's lovely, but the lighting is not good. Or, or you just like, you know, whatever, this is what you want. I'll take the photos and we'll see what happens. I very much, I do both. Okay. Like, they're like, I want a photo here. I'm like, hell yeah. Like, I don't care how bad the lighting is. We'll make a good photo there. Mm -hmm. And we'll make it great. And like, you're going to love it. But let's also get a photo over here of you just turned a little bit or like against this wall or, you know, in this like alley or like this, I don't know, I've never, <laughs> I'd never shoot an alleyway. So I don't even know why I said that. But you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's very much put them first, put their like needs first mm -hmm. and their requests and make sure they're happy. And once that's done, the rest you can just play with. And so whenever I'm like showing up to a shoot, I make sure I cover all my bases in the first 10 to 15 minutes of getting all the basic photos. I know that they would want that their parents would want that, you know, they would want for a Christmas card, stuff like that. And then the rest of the shoot, we're just experimenting and being creative and having fun and going back and forth. And so that way I feel like I'm always putting my clients first and my work second, if that makes sense to me, I don't show up being like, Oh, I need to like shoot for me or for, you know, my portfolio to look a certain way. Like it's very much like I want my clients to have the best photos at the end of this. And ultimately I want them to have the best experience. If I am like, kind of overstepping a little bit too much and being like, oh yeah, like I know you want like a photo in front of that background, but it's going to end up looking this way. Like that would probably make them feel like, okay, then. And then I take that photo they asked for, and they're always going to remember me having that resistance about taking the photo in the first place when it's like, it's just a freaking picture. Like just take it. <laughs> you can do it. Like who cares what the lighting is, make it look good, make it look as good as you can and send it off. Like don't show resistance. Just be like, heck yeah, let's do it. That looks great. Snap like five of them and be like, all right, we got it. Let's move on to the next thing and then get something else just as like a backup for them to have as another option. Like you don't need to put any resistance or any breaks on any requests that they have. Just take it, do your best job. And then, you know, keep going and doing what like you would recommend, I suppose. Absolutely. The only time when I would put any resistance when somebody's asking for a photo is if it's unsafe for the client or for me, or if, if personally, ethically, I feel like we're not doing this today. So that's right. the only time when I'm just like, no, we're not doing it's never happened, but I have it in my mind that I'm like, if it were to happen, I'm not doing this. Like I know where my boundaries are. So other than that, if they want a photo, you know, against like whatever, as you said, you know, like I take it, I try to make it my best. And then I kind of like, without telling them, I try to make a better photo of what they want that I think they're going to like better. Oh, for sure. I feel like I run into that like somewhat often when, because I'm primarily shooting out in natural areas and national parks, state mm -hmm. parks. And, um, a huge thing to me is preserving the land and, you know, not leaving any trace or anything like that. And there's been times where my clients like want a photo in a specific spot off the trail or like over a handrail or something mm. like that. And I'm like, 
I know it sucks, but like, I just like, can't do that because I don't want you to leave for footprints in that like precious soil that took forever to grow. I don't want to, you know, trash this area. I don't want to set a bad example to the tourists behind us or whatever. Um, but like, I just do it in a very gentle way where mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, well, I don't think we can because that's off trail, but let's go over here and we'll get the same type of view without having to go off trail. And so that's something that I've put in my client guide as well as being like, I like prioritize respecting the land over getting a good photo for you. So if you are going to want to, you know, not feel like we have to like stick to certain boundaries of where we can and cannot take photos at, like maybe a national park is not the place for us to shoot. Let's do BLM land or, you know, a more open area, like a field or something like that. And so that's just like another example of being like, these are my boundaries and this is like what I'm willing to do. Um, and take care of the land at the same time, that type of thing. Like you were saying I like this so you have you know and another thing you know creating all these guides is also not great for the client experience but also great for SEO I mean it has so many benefits that I just right. love but let's talk about like contracts because I'm assuming you obviously have a contract have you been with a potential client that they received your, your contract and they're like oh I want you to remove this remove that and then I'll sign it Yes, I've had that happen a few times. <laughs> okay, and how do you handle that? What are your boundaries? What are the things that you will say yes or no? Um, I have had the instances where my clients don't want me to share the photos anywhere. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they like they just want the photos just for themselves. They don't want it to ever end up on the internet anywhere and I'm like to, to me that's fine because I'm not really shooting for that reason correct and so I'll be like yeah like we can take that out that's totally fine like let's just shoot these for you and it'll live in your private gallery that you can access with the password and like they'll never go on my site or you know Instagram or anything like that so that's happened a couple of times there's also been a couple of times where um people get really nervous about one of the clauses in my contract because it says you know under like some crazy circumstance where I get in a car accident or I'm hospitalized or I like all the flights are canceled or something like that happens and you need a last minute replacement for me. Like I have the right to send another photographer mm -hmm. in my place in case of an emergency and they will shoot the like, and they're, you know, of same quality that I deem and they will shoot the wedding and then I will edit the photos. Um, some people get really scared that I'm going to take advantage of that. And they're like, well, we want you, we don't want another photographer. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, well you want any photographer rather than no photographer. <laughs> so I have to kind of like get on the phone with them and explain the point of that. So that way they understand it. And once I understand that, or like explain that to them and they understand it from my perspective of being like, Oh, this is actually to serve you. It's not to like make it so I can just opt out of shooting your wedding. It's in case of an emergency, then they're like, Oh good. I'm glad that's in there. So I feel like it's like, I don't know. You just have to kind of approach it with that mm -hmm. mindset of being like, Hey, this is for you. Like, this is not for me. Like there are things in here to protect me. Um, but like, if there's something in there that is like to, specifically to protect me, like one of the things in my contract is if I feel harassed at someone's wedding, I reserve the right to leave. If I feel like there's a groomsman that's drunk, that is making me feel unsafe. I can leave. I don't have to stay in that dangerous situation. That's really uncomfortable for me just because like, I don't know, it's not my fault. It's the groomsman's fault. So um, then that would kind of fall on them to be like, Hey, like, 
everyone respect the photographer or whatever um, and kind of letting them help create that boundary with their guests and me. So, um, but if someone was like, no, I want you to take that out. I would be like, I'm not shooting your wedding. Like that's ridiculous. They wouldn't care about me, you know? So and that's oof, that's such a like I got goosebumps because right now there is like a whole there is a photographer posting uh things that happened to her at weddings I don't know if you've seen the post and it's mm-hmm. so delicate and definitely I think that's one of the things that you should have in your contract which is a harassment even if it has never happened to you even if you like this will never happen you never know just have it in there for your safety um I'm very similar to what you express here. Uh, I feel like my contract is like the part of my business that I'm the most obviously strict. And I have been saying that on my email when I send them, I'm like, this is, you know, the formality of our relationship. And once, you know, this is signed, it's all fun and games kind of a thing. And the only thing that I, Carolina Gusik, will remove out of my contract is a privacy clause, right? If they're like, hey, I don't want my photos anywhere, the same as you, I respect the privacy privacy of my clients and I think that I have as you I've been shooting for so many years I have enough portfolio like it's it's fine with me and even if I were new to photography I think that I better have that relationship with my client and to grant their wish than to you know go over somebody's wishes about you know their privacy, their photos, their images so like that's one thing that I can remove from my contract no problem anything else stays there's some things, as you mentioned, that I sometimes have to get on the phone and explain because it could be like, I don't understand what this means. So it's easy for me to explain. And there is some things that are absolutely no negotiable that if they're like, hey, I don't want this. I'm like, it was nice meeting you. Wish you the best. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. No big deal. You don't so, need to, you don't need to explain. Further. Exactly. You, yes. You, I don't think it's a good match. I think that there's going to be a lot of other photographers that can meet and exceed your expectations. I unfortunately am not it but I'm sure your wedding's going to turn out beautiful and best of luck. You don't need to dive into it. You don't need to tell them why they were wrong or why they made you feel a certain way. Like take your ego out of it and then just like keep it short and sweet and to the point and let it be. Cause otherwise it's just going to give them an emotionally charged thing to respond to. Yeah. You, who <laughs> needs that? Like, <laughs> you, you don't need that back and forth, you know, situation. Thank yes. you. Bye. Best wishes. Pretty yes. much. Awesome. So let's say, let's talk here. We're kind of like standing our ground, right? And actually being mindful with clients. And as you, you mentioned this so many times, humanize the process, humanize both you, humanize your clients. Uh, we mentioned already that wedding photography, even I, I, I feel like even like family photography is not something that people get done every month obviously so it might be once in a lifetime this might be the very first time they're doing this so be mindful of what they, their expectations are or what they believe is you know the right way to do things and again this go back to so many facebook groups of people complaining about their clients they don't know what they don't know like right. it's, it's like if you send me right now to buy i don't know a super fancy sports car i don't know what am i gonna ask how much it costs that would be like the first thing that i ask i don't know anything about this yeah so don't get upset about your clients asking questions that perhaps you think they're silly uh they don't know this is the first time they're doing this for sure but then again be i do believe that you do need to be extremely clear on what you're abilities our photographer are what your you know your, your your boundaries how how far can you go and I don't think that you should kind of like fake it till you make it in the case that is like oh I'm just gonna do it I'm gonna say that yes that I can do that and then I'll figure it out I think that sometimes it's okay to go that way but 
not when it's like let's say that you have never photographed a wedding and they hire you to do a wedding and you're like I don't know I know nothing about this but I'm gonna say yes just for right. the sake of doing that because then you're putting yourself in a situation when it's going to be a problem yeah exactly <laughs> awesome awesome well do you have one marketing tip that you want to share with all of us other than you know open communication be gracious <laughs> to your clients anything else um I feel like I mean, like I said at the beginning, I have been doing photography for a really long time. I was doing photography before Instagram and social media was even a thing. Like my business used to completely just operate off of word of mouth and I had no website. I like would literally just email people photos if they want to see my portfolio off of my Facebook business page. <laughs> and, and now, I mean, it's so different. And so I feel like I've seen a lot of different phases of marketing for my own business. And I've coached, you know, thousands and thousands of different photographers. And I mean, I've taken lots of courses. I've seen a lot of different people teach, um, even outside of the photography industry. And I feel like the main thing that like, will propel your business forward is just being consistent. And like, there's no tip or trick that I can give that is like a fast track to success. Like, I think what actually makes a big difference is just consistently shooting good work. And that's what matters. It's not about using specific hashtags or posting at a certain time of day or, you know, doing all this fancy SEO stuff like that stuff all helps for sure. But if your work is weak, like it's not going to be desirable. And so I think that you have to first like show up and like create the work that you would pay $5,000 for $10,000 for whatever it is that you're asking. And confidently stand in that and then be like, all right, here it is. And it doesn't, I don't know, for me, something that I see so many people teach with marketing nowadays is being like consistent in like, oh, post every single day at this mm. time, make sure you like, like talk about your personality and then make sure you plug this and then post on your story and then post on your feed and use these hashtags and like the algorithm and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Yes, like all of that, there is a lot of like technical stuff that goes behind all of that. But at the end of the day, if you have good work, that's going to speak for itself and it's going to bring in the right people and it's going to attract those people that are going to hire you. And like, if you can just stick to that and just do one good thing for your business a week, every single week, at the end of the year, you'll have done 52 great things for your business. And that's more than a lot of people can say. I think people get so overwhelmed with social media nowadays because we're constantly getting getting overwhelmed and overstimulated with all this content, with all what, you know, all these other businesses that we follow are doing in our industry. And it's so easy to feel like we're not doing enough ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so we push ourselves to do more and more and more and more when in reality, like that's going to lead to burnout. And so I feel like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how hard you go with your marketing. It doesn't matter how much money you spend on ads. It doesn't matter, you know, all the SEO stuff you do, or like the algorithm tricking stuff that you do, like if your work isn't there to back it up, it's not going to matter. And so I feel like for a lot of people, they think, oh, if I just get really, really good at marketing, my business will do great. And it's like, no, not necessarily. And then there's the flip side where it's like, oh, I can have really, really great work. And my business is going to thrive because of it. It's like, no, also that's not necessarily true. They have to grow in line together at the same speed to be able to continue building off of one another rather than one getting more attention than another, because otherwise you're going to either end up feeling undervalued 
and not seen and just hearing crickets and like no one cares about your work or you're going to end up getting burnt out with trying to keep up with all the trends and things like that, that people are coming out with and all these different apps and whatever, like you don't need to do TikTok dances as a <laughs> photographer to be successful. Like you just have to make good work and keep making good work and putting your heart into it and taking care of yourself. And like, that's all that really matters. Just being consistent with the things that like actually build your business up rather than these temporary things that seem like they'll get you quick hits of success. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a very long winded answer of me saying, just keep making good work and just focus on that because that's going to speak so much more to the right people than, you know, making little TikToks and reels and videos and hashtags and, you know, doing all these little things that are trendy right now will bring in for you. Just like a lot of distractions, right? That's what yeah. we have nowadays instead of like, as you mentioned, just, you know, keep doing what you're doing, you know, just kind of like sometimes you just need to shut, kind of like shut down everything yeah. else for a second and, you know, take a, take a minute and a minute could be a minute, a day, a week. I don't know. <laughs> just, yeah. you know, regroup and then go back to it. Uh, India, it was a pleasure having you in the podcast. Thank you so much for coming and chatting with us about, you know, difficult conversations, what to do, how to approach them. Before I let you go, what are you currently loving? Ooh, I am currently loving... I've been reading a lot lately, which has mm -hmm. been so nice. Um, so I've like spent every morning reading and taking my dogs on walks and just having a routine, I guess. I feel like when we're business owners and we work at home, it's really hard to stick to routines mm -hmm. and just having little habits like that. I feel like, I don't know, just make the rest of my work day a lot better. So yeah, just do the little things like that. Awesome. And are you reading fiction or something else I'm reading like six books at once um, <laughs> most of them are poetry so oh nice awesome yeah. well congrats on your love for poetry uh, as always as a South American <laughs> I love Pablo Neruda some of my favorite poems oh, obviously you need to some um Oh, what's Mary Oliver? You need to read oh, some. Oh, I'll check her out then. Fantastic. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being so kind, for your time, for your knowledge, for being so gracious. It was a pleasure having you here. Yeah, and I can't you. wait to, you know, have another conversation with you. And for all of you to listen all the way to the podcast, thank you so much for being here. I'll catch you ne next week with another amazing guest. Until then, bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. For more info about marketing tips for photographers and show notes, please visit thetogrepublic.com. If you enjoyed today's show, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. Want even more? Join our marketing community group. Just search for The Tog Republic Group on Facebook. Until next week.